0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Does the Bible Actually Say That? I'm your host, Josh Cuellar, and I am Next Gen Pastor at FBC Las Cruces, and it's my joy to be able to be with you for the next couple minutes as we look at common phrases that are misattributed to the Christian scriptures and analyze them for truthfulness and helpfulness. Thanks for joining us. As I was just thinking about this podcast a little bit this week, I was just reminded of how helpful these types of conversations have been for me in the past. A little bit about myself, if you didn't know, I grew up going to church. My mom was a children's minister and my mom and dad took me to church often from an early age. And I just grew up hearing phrases like this just spouted out when we were in times of trouble or times of of plenty whatever it was people just were quick to give these phrases um and it was helpful sometimes but it wasn't always helpful and as I got older I began to think critically about these phrases and to study the Christian scriptures for myself to see if these phrases were actually true and helpful and so it's been a helpful conversation for me in my walk and I hope it's helpful for you in your discipleship and apprenticeship to Jesus as well Today we're going to be looking at the phrase, when God closes a door, he opens a window. And again, these conversations have been so helpful in my life because in particularly with this phrase and, and with some of the others we've looked at this season, they sound very biblical. Like when God closes a door, he opens a window sounds very much like something that Jesus Christ of Nazareth would have said. Something that we read about in the New Testament. But actually in my study, it's nowhere to be found in the Old or New Testaments. This is not a phrase that people get from Scripture. So it's really important as we become better and better students of Scripture and of Jesus and his way of life and the things he taught, that we need to think critically about these things. So when it comes to this phrase, it's most often said when someone is needing to make a decision a decision like where to go to college or university, where to, what to do after, what job to pursue after that, who you should date, who you should marry. Just all these really big decisions is often when this phrase comes up in our lives. So I wanted to talk a little bit about God's will and our decision-making. So when it comes to God's will, we need to understand that the scriptures teach that God's will is what they call sovereign. And what that means is that it's it's perfect, and there's no wrong in his will, in his plan, for us, for creation, and and for um, our redemption. There's no error or anything wrong with that. And the good thing is that it will be accomplished as well. That's what God's sovereign will means. It will be done. But the good thing with that is that he also gives us some freedom, some agency to make decisions within that. And we don't have to be paralyzed about making the wrong decision and falling off his path for us. And even if that were to happen, God's grace is big enough to bring us back into that and to redeem our decisions. And so we need to understand that God's will is sovereign and that means it will be done. And that's good. That's good for us. He created us. He knows how best for humans to be human. But that also means scripture teaches us that we have some freedom to make decisions for ourselves. So that means God's sovereign will, his plan for you, does not mean that we can be inactive in that. Even though he is in control and he is what the scriptures call sovereign, that does not give us reason to be inactive. So, more often than not, I don't know about if this is true in your life, this has been true time and time again in my life, that I was not presented in needing to make a decision with two terrible options. It's like, that's easy, I'm going to choose none of them. <laughs> the greater of two evils is still evil, right? And I'm not going to choose that. That's very, rare. very rarely the choice I've been given in my life, and it's very also been very rare that it's been one good option and one terrible option. And I would obviously choose the better option that that helps me grow with Jesus, that helps me honor Him and love other people. More often than not, you and I are presented with two really seemingly good options, and we are given wisdom. God's spirit within you, and the freedom to choose. And that's good. It's not easier, but it is good for us. Real quick note on wisdom. Wisdom comes from, of course, the scriptures. This is another reason why we're trying to discover and kind of weed out some of the tradition and culture. We, we just say things that aren't really scripture. But God's word gives us wisdom our community gives us wisdom. If you have believing family or friends that you trust, your pastor, whoever it might be, that's where wisdom comes from, but it also comes just from lived experience. And God's Holy Spirit comes from that moment. You give your life to Jesus. You have the same spirit that God raised Jesus with from the dead in you right now. And he is guiding you and helping you understand. He's reminding you of the of God's word and of his will. And then within all of that, God just gives us also the freedom to choose. So that's a good thing. God gives us the freedom to choose some things in our lives, and that's really helpful and worthwhile. And it's good that we can also trust God in his sovereign will, that it will be accomplished, that his purpose in creation and in our lives personally will be done, but then also that he knows best for us. And that that will will be good for you and I. So this phrase, God opens a window when he closes a door. I wanted to make one more note on that. Because this phrase also assumes that whenever any Christian, any follower of Jesus, it assumes that whenever we face any opposition, it is not God's will. And that's just not what we see in the Old and New Testaments that we call Christian scriptures. And it's not true in our lived experience as well. If you talk to a believer in Jesus who has walked with Jesus for 20, 30, 40, 50 plus years, they will tell you that it is not always easy. And opposition comes sometimes. And that's promised to us in the scriptures. Jesus himself says, Um, you'll face opposition, but take heart because they were opposed to me first. And so when this opposition comes, and it comes when we are faithful to Jesus. And so when we are actively trying to be good disciples and apprentices of Jesus and his way of life, there will be opposition. And that's just promised in the New Testament. But Opposition also comes when we are jerks. Unfortunately, Christians also act like jerks sometimes, and we call it opposition because we're Christians. So we need to make certain, allow God's word, his Holy Spirit, to critique us and our motives and our desires to make sure that when opposition comes, that we are faithful and not just being jerks. So I hope it's been helpful for you this week as we just kind of unpack that phrase, God opens a window when he closes a door. And if you are in the position where you're having to make difficult decisions, I would encourage you to, of course, search the Christian scriptures. Look and read and study your Bible. Pray through it. And uh, do that with others. Do that with community, with friends you trust or family. And I would uh, hope that you have a pastor or some, some kind of uh, minister that you can also go to in those times as well. And we can take hope in all things, in even making decisions, because Jesus got up. He rose from the grave, and that was part of God's sovereign will for us. So I hope you have a good week. We'll see you again next week. That's all for this week. Bye.